Welcome back to the PFC Podcast. The views and opinions you are about to hear are the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of anyone else. Now on to the podcast. Welcome back to the PFC Podcast. This is Dennis and today I'm with Brad. How are you doing today? How have you been, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So the reason why I asked you to come on is you know drugs really well. So uh, if you wouldn't mind just doing a real quick introduction to yourself. Well, to keep, keep it kind of short, uh, I'm retired now. I'm a retired uh, CRNA anesthetist. Um, I was in the Army for about 22 years, both enlisted as a medic, and then later uh, crossed over to the dark side and uh, went into the anesthesia world. Um, was just finishing school when 9-11 happened. Um, and then after that, uh, got in over into the, uh, the JMAL units, um, and did a lot of time over there. Most of my time, about 13 years over there, spent a lot of time, uh, with a lot of the, uh, medication protocols for the schoolhouse, for the soft handbook, uh, ketamine protocols, all that kind of stuff. Did a lot of things with uh, research and development as well. And uh, had a hand in uh, training quite a few people in sedation protocols and uh, that type of the world. So, in a nutshell, that's that's kind of it. Uh, and I love jumping out of airplanes too. So nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. So, um, well, you're the perfect guy for this. So, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're the only one that answered the email. So. Okay, well, there you go, man. All right, I'm in. I'm in. All right. So today I'd like to talk about Nubane. Yeah. Okay. And absolutely. so um, when I first heard about Nubane, it sounded like the perfect opioid. Um, <laughs> it gave you all the pain control with none of the negative side effects. When I finally got to my unit, there was no Nubane to be found because it was evil and it killed everybody. <laughs> so... Hearing that it's used actually in other places in the world, it's still a thing that's made every day. I think it'd be smart to learn how to use it just in case you happen to run across it. So um, if you could, uh, please give me some kind of background information on it. Like, how does this work? Yeah, so uh, interesting enough, um, it's a little bit of history uh, help explain it. Um, ever since uh, morphine came into the world, which was back during our Civil War, all the way back in the 1860s, um, it was the drug that we have compared everything to as far as narcotics go. It's the benchmark. Um, however, uh, as we look uh, into older medications that are still around to this day, I always talk about them being the older the drug, typically the more dirty the drug is, meaning it has a lot of untoward side effects that we just don't like. Um, and so we hope that as we develop newer type drugs, we clean those drugs up and hopefully we can remove the side effects that we don't like and we can just get drugs that work on things that we want them to work on, I guess is the best way to explain it. Um, during the 1960s, a lot of effort was done at that time. You know, ketamine came around in the 1960s. Um, another group of drugs that was being worked on then were called the agonist antagonist. 
And that is a category that um, the two drugs that are kind of still around today, one is Nubane, and uh, the other name for that is uh, now Bufine. And the other drug that we hear about still is called Stadol or Butorphanol. Now, we're going to stay away from that drug today, and we're going to focus on Nubane, but they're in the same drug category the antagonist and agonist uh, side of the house. So what does that mean exactly? Well, uh, it got FDA approval in 1979, and it started being used in hospitals in the 1980s and 1990s. And back then, uh, as any kind of new drug is, it's kind of the the new hotness, so to speak. Throw your morphine away, and here comes new bane, and it's going to solve all your problems, all right? Um, An agonist antagonist, uh, one of the best ways to kind of think about it is if I had a syringe, and in that syringe, I drew up, and let's just say it's a 10cc syringe, and I was to draw up uh, like 8cc's of morphine, and then the other two cc's of the syringe, I actually put Narcan in the same syringe. Okay. Now, uh, if someone's going to have a nosebleed right now mm-hmm. about Jayco, you can't mix drugs, whatever. Okay. It's, it's, I'm giving you a visual here. Okay. <laughs> so I'm actually putting in the agonist morphine, the painkiller, but then I'm sprinkling in and the antagonist Narcan that is actually reversing the effects of the morphine. That's basically what they did in a nutshell. Okay. Now, did it work? Um, partially, you know, I mean, it, it is a good, uh, relatively good painkiller for pain. The interesting thing is it's exactly the same strength or exactly very close to the same strength as morphine as a painkiller which is a good thing as far as like when we start to talk about dosing it um, because it's very easy to relate. If I was to give morphine, then I would give the same new bane dose type of a deal. Um, and then they sprinkle in the Narcan uh, type of the drug to reverse what we're hoping is the side effects that we don't want. Well, what are some of the, the bigger ones that we really, you know, dislike about morphine? Well, number one, respiratory depression. Okay. Uh, we don't like the histamine release out of it. Um, the euphoria that people get, uh, from morphine or Dilaudid or those types of drugs. Um, and also that ties kind of into the, um, the abusive effect of those drugs. Maybe we could, you know, strip that side of, uh, the drug away. Um, other things like urinary retention or the itching, the pruritus, um, that the, that the drugs can cause as well. So that was kind of the idea behind it. The other interesting thing about Nubane is when it first came out, it was a scheduled two narcotic, meaning it was a controlled substance, just like morphine, just like Dilaudid, yada, yada, yada. However, one of the things they seemed to mostly have solved was it didn't seem to have the, um, abusive effect that the other drugs had, they went back to the FDA and they actually got it taken off the controlled substance list. That's pretty good. That's a pretty big thing. Um, Now, other countries, I think Canada, it might still be considered a controlled substance, but other countries, you know, have their own rules with things. But as far as the United States, it's not a controlled substance. Um, And it's the only narcotic out there 
unless something weird has come out since then that's that's not controlled. Um, so that's an you know that's another Benny, right? Yeah. Um, I can put it in my bag and it's not a controlled substance, and I don't have to worry about the headaches that go along with that as well. So that's kind of the history of it. Now, like any drug, whenever it comes out, um, people, you know, immediately were, were kind of start to jump on, you know, well, I'm just going to use this instead of morphine. I'm going to use it instead of my fentanyl, you know, yada, yada, yada. But um, typically it, it works okay on pain, but it's also, again, remember, it's kind of reversing some of the effects that it's having on pain. So you don't see the same effect uh, as far as pain control like you see with exactly with morphine. Okay. That's out of the house. So um, still today, though, uh, it's it's a drug that's being used in like emergency rooms. Um, you know, back when I was working in emergency rooms, you know, back in the 90s, it was a drug that was used um, quite a bit on what we you might consider a lesser pain syndrome, you know, maybe it sits kind of in between toradol and actual morphine, you know, mm-hmm. if something sat in the middle of that, then I could try and give them new bane. The really cool thing is, is most of the respiratory depression that we worry about with like morphine, new bane's not as big of a deal as far as the respiratory depression. And we can talk about that a little bit more. It has this, what's called a ceiling effect. Um, Meaning that once you get to kind of a certain dose of Nubane, um, you're not going to get any more respiratory depression with it as okay. well. So, um, so a lot of times people will look at it and be like, well, holy cow, this must be the most awesome thing in the world. You know, um, it's just as strong as morphine and I don't get a lot of these other, you know, bad effects from it. Um, as far as side effects that are a little bit different with Nubane compared to morphine, um, you're delighted in morphine. You tend to see people get that euphoric effect. You know, it's like, oh, you know, once it starts to hit. Um, I hate that. Right. Exactly. Um, you're in the but, army. You yeah, will not be happy. <laughs> suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, the, the, the one movie that used to kill me was the movie Navy Seals back in the day with Michael Bean when he gets shot and they're in the car okay. and the one guy hits him with a morphine syrette in the leg. <laughs> I okay. am. And he immediately is like, oh, this is, uh, you know, you're like, wow, that's crap, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're, uh, Nubane, you, just, you don't see that effect. However, you see a different kind of effect at times of dysphoria, which that's a little, not okay in the terms of meaning like you know i've seen people like get really agitated on it um i've seen people like uh describe like they feel like they're crawling they're trying to crawl out of their skin i mean they get like even to the almost combative if you try and keep increasing the dose with that person because the receptor that nubane hits the agonist side of it is working at that dysphoria receptor but it doesn't have the antagonist side on the on the flip side so they don't get the euphoria but in certain people when you start to see the dysphoria i tend to switch drugs you know i'm like (laughs) okay you know what i mean i I don't want to keep going down this road because the more i give it's not really going to get better you know um 
The other thing that uh, Nubain has been used uh, for is um, if people get morphine and they start the really bad itching, you can actually uh, reverse some of the itching effects if you switch them to Nubain. Okay. Um, or if they have like an exaggerated effect or respiratory depression on some of the other drugs, um, you know, you can switch to Nubain and still maintain a certain level of pain control without all the respiratory depression that you see with the other drugs. So okay. in, in a nutshell, that's, that's kind of where it sits. So, now, I mean, does it do a good job at that reversal? Because I would think that it would be better to just use that versus Narcan. Well, it depends on the situation. Sure. Um, so basically, it's it's not as strong in the sense of, of Narcan as if you have somebody that is not breathing. I'm not reaching for Nubane to reverse, you know, Um especially at the dosages that we're talking about, mm. what we're really thinking more about is if I have given someone, let's say 10 milligrams of morphine and they're only breathing, you know, four times a minute, six times a minute, I'm not okay with that. I'm not going to keep, I can switch to Nubane on my next dose mm. and some of that will start to reverse or I don't even have to wait. I can start to switch over to the Nubane and some of that reversal effect um, tends to kick in and they start, you know, picking up the respiratory rate. Yeah. yeah. So for sure. rate. yeah. The, um, the other interesting thing about, um, about Nubane compared to morphine because it's so similar as far as the drug compound that's in it on the agonist side, it's onset time is the same as morphine. Okay. okay. So when you're, when you're giving it IV, it takes three to five minutes for it just to start. Yeah. And it's peak effect is still like 15 minutes and it's duration. If it's IV is typically two to three hours. Uh, if it's IM, it can be kind of more that three to five hours. So, very, very similar to morphine, and very similar in the the dosage range as far as uh, as morphine goes as well. So, okay, very, very similar as as far as all those effects go. Yeah, um, using it in like a uh, trauma scenario, hypotension, you know, things like that. We mm -hmm. at least the uh, all of the drugs I'm used to. You need to cut the dose just because of the potential effects, at least of the on the hemodynamic side. Mm -hmm. um, would that still kind of have that, or would you do that same type of thing with something like Nubane, if it has that agonist antagonist effect? Or you you can. Um, in fact, anytime I'm in one of those trauma scenarios, I tend to um, not tiptoe, but um, I'm always going to let make the patient prove to me they need more. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm always going to start low and add to, if I'm looking at somebody and, you know, I, I say to myself, I'm going to give them two milligrams of IV morphine. Well, I would give them the same two milligrams of IV Nubane instead, you know, okay. kind of a deal. Um, so as far as that goes, I'm not really you know, changing my dose that much. Nubane's interesting because it has that kind of Narcan effect. Um, and you're not getting the histamine release that you see with your morphine. Uh, you may actually see increases in heart rate and you may see increases in blood pressure. Not so much if someone is hypovolemic already, but 
you're not going to see the, the drop as much as if you were to give them morphine. So okay. definitely, you know, in that side of the uh, things, it's it's a little bit safer than it would be to consider. Morphine's really not a great trauma drug for anybody that's no. bleeding, you know. No, so no, no. Trying to get that no. through to some people like is, you know, okay. Right. So, yeah. Now, when you're talking about increases in, in blood pressure, heart rate, are you talking just a couple of points? Or are you talking like a, a something to really watch out for? It, it, it Well, it's dose dependent. Yeah, um, the, more, the, the more that you're giving of it, you might see it start to creep up. If you're typically if you're giving somebody um, kind of that five milligrams IV dose of it, it's really not going to be a big deal unless they start to get that agitated um side of the drug going if if they're one of those people that start to have the well anybody that's agitated you know their heart rate's going to go up their their blood pressure tends to go up so it's kind of more of that side of the house uh type of a thing so yeah what um i guess what kind of scenarios that you could see what kind of patient Mm -hmm. models would you would you think nubane is probably a really good drug to to use on well, I think you got to ask yourself a couple of questions. You know, Nubane is a tool in my toolbox. You know, yep. I I hate whenever people kind of go in and they say like, well, I'm going to remove this tool and just put this tool back in. You know, at times it's it's one of those things to, uh, if you've got it, uh, it can be used in a lot of different scenarios on people that maybe I just don't want to use up my morphine or my fentanyl you know, for something that doesn't appear to be as bad. Some of the orthopedic injuries, back injuries, you know, any of those kind of scenarios, um, guys come in for, you know, things like migraine headaches or, you know, Mm -hmm. we're talking sick call stuff, you know, at times, you know, um, and I don't want to burn through all this other stuff. Um, or maybe, you know, in terms of, you know, I've got somebody, the other interesting thing about pain is sometimes it's a cultural thing. Um, Meaning, you know, Americans expect, <laughs> they expect to have no pain, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you go to other countries and it's amazing what people don't even ask for, you know, yeah. um, in those, in those deals. So sometimes it's like, Hey man, it's not that bad. Let me give you some new bane. And, uh, yeah. if you sell it the right way, it's almost like, it's almost like saying, Hey, I got this cool new drug called placebo. And if you sell it right, you know, it tends to work a little bit, but yeah. it's, it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, uh, new bean, it, it's a, it's a decent narcotic. Um, it just doesn't, in my personal opinion, you know, giving it to a lot of different people in a lot of scenarios, um, isn't just quite as effective as if the same dose of like morphine or Dilaudid. Now, some of that I do think goes back to, uh, when we were talking about expectations, because if somebody has had morphine in the past, they're expecting that kind of euphoric effect as part of their pain control. And it's like, yeah. yeah, no, that's not, it's not the same thing, you know, or uh, a good friend of mine had surgery a while back and he, he gave him Dilaudid and he goes, I was like, well, so how was it? And he goes, I don't know if it did anything for the pain, but I was so jacked up in the head. I didn't care, you yeah. know, that, that kind of a thing. Um, so new vein is not going to give you that effect, you know, yeah. uh, and again, back in kind of the eighties and nineties, uh, if you had 
someone come to the hospital, especially the ER that was, you suspect it might be kind of a drug seeking type of a thing. Well, they would give them Nubain. People get upset, yeah, you know, because they, they weren't, they weren't getting the effect they wanted, you know, and that was kind of a key to be like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. so, yeah. So that, you know, and that kind of a deal, um, maybe I want to save my other stuff for much more, um, bigger scenario type events. Okay. Um, it may be the only thing I've got, yeah. you know, it, it absolutely might be, I'm in a scenario or I work in a country where this is all they're going to give me. And I need to know how to use this correctly and to the best effect. Um, and that's why I said, like, the nice thing about it is it's nice to have under stress, kind of like a, a benchmark to because mm-hmm. your brain kind of under that kind of stress runs home to mama a little bit. Yeah. So I always try and relate things to like, well, how does it compare to like five milligrams of morphine or 10 yeah. milligrams of morphine? And the good news is it's the same. You know, so if I go into dose Nubane, then that's where I'm starting. Uh, Five milligrams IV, I can go up to 10 milligrams. And the nice thing is you do see some respiratory depression, but you don't see it nearly as much typically as far as morphine or Dilaudid. Now, the other nice thing about that, too, is once you hit 30 milligrams, that's where we're at the ceiling effect. Okay. And. And so at that, if I have given 10 milligrams and I've given 10 milligrams for whatever reason and 10 milligrams and I'm at 30 and they're breathing, they're still breathing eight to 10 times a minute. If I give them another 10, they're not going to drop anymore because you've got enough of the antagonist going at that point that that's, you've seen what you're going to see as far as respiratory depression. So now, that's obviously um, over a shorter period of time. Correct. Right? That is correct. So, um, you know, again, it's going to last two to three hours IV. So let's say now you want to let your drug work, right? Yeah. A lot of times we get into that scenario where people start giving a drug and they just don't let it work enough, yep. which is kind of like a nice backstop with Nubane. If you accidentally gave 10, gave 10, gave 10, and then it all started to work whatever respiratory depression I have, that's, that's about what, that's it. If you did the same thing with your morphine, well, they're not breathing once it all starts to metabolize and starts to hit. Um, And now you, you know, now you're reaching for your Narcan or whatever, you know, type of a deal. Um, Which brings up another good uh, scenario is that, Narcan being the reversal, Narcan is actually the reversal for Nubane. It's just, you really never need it, you know, type of a deal. And uh, I get asked a lot, can I reverse respiratory depression of morphine or Dilaudid or fentanyl with Nubane? And the answer is yes, caveat, where it's, if someone has stopped breathing, you know, if they've gone to that part, no, I'm not reaching for Nubane. You know, I'm reaching for Narcan. I need to reverse if, if I'm going to reverse the drug. However, if I have someone that has just kind of gone down into that, again, maybe they're only breathing four to six times a minute, um, that's I'll, I, I'm uncomfortable with that. I don't want them to keep going down further. 
but I don't want to use Narcan and reverse their pain control as well. Cause now I got a rodeo on my hands. Yeah. Nubane is nice because now I can go back in with Nubane. I can give five milligrams of IV Nubane. Okay. To start with, I'm not taking away all that pain control, but I'm starting to reverse the respiratory depression of the fentanyl, the morphine or the dilated, so to speak. And then I can continue with the Nubane and maintain a level of the pain control. And that can be a really, really um, great thing for you, especially if in you're in kind of like a prolonged care environment, you know, where, you know, you're going to be sitting on this person for hours, you know, um, and I need to use the morphine for somebody else anyway, or fentanyl or whatever it is. So that's another way to go. Nice. Um, So I'm I'm right that there are some countries that that's the, that's the narcotic you're going to get is Nubane. And there is no real patient selection. If they need some kind of opioid, like they're getting new bane, right? That's um, what you got. That's, that's what, right. That's the only thing I got. I've got that yeah. and a rock. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But luckily, uh, us in the Western countries um, generally have the, the fortune of carrying more than one type of narcotic. Um, usually we end up with a very fast acting drug. And hopefully we have some longer acting stuff. So let's say I'm, I've been using ketamine on somebody over and over. Um, usually what I'll end up doing, I'll do pushes of ketamine and mm-hmm. go into like a drip for maybe an hour or two. And I figure within a couple hours, I'm going to have this thing settled one way or the other. Um, but then I would like to try and save my ketamine for other patients that come in. Mm-hmm. How can I kind of transition from one narcotic into using Nubane in a in a safer way? Well, uh, so uh, b- we'll back up one little step. Um, sure. So that ketamine is not true is not really a narcotic. Okay. Um, ketamine falls into an induction agent. Um, it does have. Um, it's a, some effect at the mu receptor, which is where your new bane works and, and morphine works. But the biggest thing about ketamine, it's working through a different pathway, um, yes. in it, the NMDA receptor pathway. Um, so when you add a, that's why it's good for breakthrough pain as well, because if you've given somebody like repeated doses of fentanyl or, and they're just not, pain's not under control and you switch to ketamine, well, now you're going around kind of a different pathway uh, to try and affect pain. That's, that's a great thing, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, if you start to add new bane on uh, as you're decreasing your ketamine, well, you're just working at the mu receptor and that's great, especially if you're trying to like get somebody off of the drip, maybe. And now I'm just transitioning into pain control, um, just like you would do it for your fentanyl or morphine or whichever. The good news is, though, is that I'm not getting histamine release if I'm using Nubane. Um, I'm not getting respiratory depression. I'm not adding that on top of the problem. Um, and so in that kind of a case, in theory, it's, it's a safer way to go. It just may not have as great of an effect on whatever pain that they're 
they're having. Now, you know, a lot of people might say it's like, well, I've used Nubane all the time and it works great and yada, yada, yada. Fine. Great. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you from my side of the house, it's like it depends on Nubane seems even though the book says it doesn't have a ceiling effect on pain, it kind of seems like it does. Yeah. It's, it's kind of my point. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. once you're at a certain point with your new bane and they're still in a, a lot of pain, you might need to switch over to your morphine or or whatever right. else that you have yeah. um, if you really want to kind of get that under control. But okay. you can absolutely use your new bane with the, uh, you know, as an adjunct to the ketamine drip and starting to get them off the ketamine drip would not as much worry about the respiratory depression as some of the other drugs, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess how exactly would I do that? I have a drip running at one every, I don't know, one every three. Um, yeah, I, it, again, I, I would, I would look at the, you know, the, I'm guessing they're breathing on their own. You're not yep. obviously because you're trying to get them off the drip. Um, you know, I would start with five milligrams, see okay. how they react to that. With See the ketamine the, continuing to run at yep. a normal rate? Yep. Okay. As long as I haven't added another narcotic into the mix. Okay. Um, kind of a thing. So if, let's say, I had given them fentanyl, then I'm going to let the fentanyl run its course, and then I'm going to, so fentanyl goes away in an hour, right? Yeah. So as that hour is starting to come to its end, now I'm going to transition to, I'm going to try five milligrams of Nubane, see what the respiratory rate does. I'm going to let it work before I give any more of it. And then as long as I'm staying in that, you know, 10 to 16 range where I want to be as far as the respiratory rate, okay, then I can start to switch over, start decreasing my ketamine drip, and eventually I'm just turning the, the ketamine drip off. Understanding, now when you say ketamine drip, is the Versed in the bag as well no. or, or is straight ketamine? So once you turn that ketamine drip off without Versed, you need to know that's going to go away relatively quick as uh -huh. far as them starting to wake back up. Right. Um, 10 to 15 minutes, they're going to start waking back up depending on how long the drip has run. Right. Um, so that's so just uh, just real quick. You're not talking about just turning the, the drip off. Are you talking about just turning it down? Maybe. Yeah. Change it, it from one every three to one every six, some yeah. eight, something like yeah. that. Yeah, typically, like if if I think I'm kind of weaning them off at that point, I'll let's say I was running it at let's say thirty cc's an hour at this sure. point, right? I can decrease it to twenty cc's an hour for fifteen twenty minutes, and then cut that by ten, and then shut it off and let them okay. start to. So let them start to wake up on their own and just watch the respiratory rate as far as that goes. Great thing with, with uh, again, with ketamine is you're using a drug that really doesn't cause hardly any respiratory depression. And you're switching to a drug that really doesn't cause a lot of respiratory depression. So it's, you know. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a bad transition, especially, well, especially if that's what you have. You know, yeah. sometimes where people make a mistake is when they transition from the ketamine and uh, people start moving around and 
and they start making these weird sounds and they reach over and they whop them with a big dose of like morphine or something like, Oh, you know, and now it's like, Oh crap. You know, now they're breathing four times a minute and, you know, now I'm watching them that much longer until the morphine starts to wear off, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, I mean, that's a, that's also a good point. Like you mentioned, like sometime new Bane just isn't enough. Right. Yeah. Sometimes. So, yep. So let's say I want to use Nubane. I want to conserve my ketamine or my fentanyl or whatever, mm-hmm. my short acting agents uh, for as long as I possibly can. Nubane is my long acting opioid. Mm-hmm. I want to use that to extend. Right. So I give him his, you know, 10 or 20 or let's say we get to our max of 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, milligrams of Nubane, like we've gone as far as we're going to get with Nubane, um, but I can maintain that. But he's still kind of like, just visibly, he's like, he is definitely uncomfortable. He is definitely feeling some of this, and his his uh, discomfort is freaking everybody else out around him. <laughs> so I really just want to shut this off. Um, is it okay to add, you know, 10 20 milligrams of ketamine and just try and like you said go do the roundabout hit mm-hmm. another side of that receptor or a different yeah. uh different place in the nervous system and just kind of chill it out or am i am i heading into trouble no nah, i mean you can absolutely do that uh, again that's kind of a a, a breakthrough pain type of a a use of ketamine in that scenario um even better would be like if i gave low dose ketamine to start with before I even use the new vein. Um, it's probably going to work a lot better, um, long term if I'm really trying to stretch my medications out, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, if I was holding off, holding off, holding off, you're not causing really any, any more of a problem. If you decide like, okay, you know, let me try and, and give this guy 20 milligrams of ketamine, see if that works for breakthrough pain. You know, it shouldn't really affect their respiratory rate at those dosages. And, uh, okay, see if that works for him before I start switching over and say, like, I'm going to start to pull out one of the bigger guns, you know, morphine, fentanyl, uh, dilated, you know, something along those lines. So, okay. Yeah. Um, how does Nubane react with something like Versed? So not as exaggerated as you say. So when you, uh, versus being a benzodiazepine, uh, a lot of times you see in the literature of a synergistic effect anytime you combine a benzodiazepine and an opioid. Yeah. Uh, so we think about versed, morphine, versed, fentanyl. Um, it's still going to have, and, the big, and again, the big thing we're looking at is respiratory depression. Yeah. It's still going to have a little bit more of an effect, but definitely it's not going to be, uh, unless there's something weird is going on, it's not going to be like you would see with morphine or especially like fentanyl as far as that house side of the house goes. So um, it does have an effect. Um, but again, as far as from the safety side, as far as, uh, you know, respiratory depression is not going to have as big of an effect. So Okay. Yeah. So adding, let's say we wanted to add Versed to the situation for whatever reason, mm-hmm. to start at like mere one or two milligrams of Versed, mm-hmm. 
see what happens. If you mm-hmm. got where you need to go, perfect. If you didn't, okay, then maybe another one or two. Just kind of slow step your way um, so you're not bagging somebody that you didn't want to. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you another thing, too, is uh, when we were talking about the dysphoria side of the house, yeah. um, sometimes what people think is um, if I if I'm getting somebody and I've got Nubane and they're getting the dysphoria, I'm crawling out of my skin, I'm cold, clammy, I'm sweaty, I'm freaking out. You know, it's not the same thing as freaking out on on uh, ketamine. You know, ketamine, if someone sits there and says, like, I see little green men in the corner, they mean it. They actually see little green men. Don't argue with them, you know what I mean? Because they're actually seeing it, you know, that kind of a deal. That's not the same thing as the Nubane dysphoria uh, type of reaction. Um, Now, if you were to give Versed for the dysphoria of Nubane, it will calm them down some. You know, okay. like if I don't have any other drugs to switch to, then one to two milligrams of Versed will calm them down. Um, but if I have another option as far as like switching off of the new bane to a different narcotic, I if I start to see that reaction, I typically try and just switch to okay. the other narcotic instead of trying to keep knocking it down with Versed, you right. know, type of a deal. But um my standard dose of Versed and pretty, and we're talking adults, um, yeah. is uh, typically two milligrams for almost everybody that we're dealing with in the adult world. If it's a trauma patient, I'm worried about hypotension. You know, I may start with one milligram, uh, but anywhere from one to two milligrams is is kind of that beginning dose that I'm going to start with. Yeah. Cool. Um, is there anything else that you'd like us to know about Nubane as far as its practical use? <laughs> um, let's see. I, I would say the other question that gets, uh, I think, asked at times is, can we go the other direction with Nubane? Meaning we talked about, you know, stretching. If I've been using Nubane, can I switch over to something else? Um you can also do the reverse. Let's say I was starting with morphine uh, mm-hmm. or dilated or fentanyl, especially if I was doing a procedure uh, type of a thing. Uh, I was setting a fracture or something that's very painful. And I just didn't think the new bane was going to, you know, help enough is that, you know, once the procedure is over with and I want to save again, my fentanyl or, or whatever my other uh, narcotic of choice is, I can switch back over or I can switch to new Bane and try and stretch out the medication as that way as well. So there's nothing wrong with starting with new Bane and switching over to the other drugs if you have to. Mm-hmm. And the reverse is true. There's nothing wrong with starting with morphine, especially because you're going to reverse some of that respiratory depression that you're worried about in the first place. Um, okay. And that's definitely a way to go. Uh, type of a deal. Okay. Um, I think the would other you, thing would you stay with the same dose that you're that you gave, like the morphine, like ten. Yeah. Mil- let's say ten milligrams of morphine. Yeah, worked perfect. Yeah, ten milligrams of Nubane. Yeah, I absolutely would because um, if that's what's working with morphine, you got to remember it's like they're not quite getting a full ten mil. It, 
they're not getting quite the full equivalent really because part of the drugs is reversing itself, Mm -hmm. you know? So if I was using, let's say 10 milligram dosages of morphine, yes, I'm going to use 10 milligrams of Nubane. Then I'm going to watch and see if I get the effect that I want. And then I'm going to kind of go from there. Um, which kind of goes down one of the roads too of uh, it's important whenever we're talking about the different types of drugs. And I know I used to joke, I think a bunch of the medics back in the day, uh, when I die, we're going to go to my funeral and tattoo titrate to effect on my tombstone. I'm just going (laughs) to chisel it in there, you know, because I said that, you know, so many times. Um, But uh, what sometimes gets left out of that is titrate to what effect? Mm-hmm. Because when I'm teaching this stuff, it is it's titrate to effect, yes. But what is the effect that I'm looking for for that drug? Um, and when you're looking in the narcotic world, uh, one of the very best you know, the reason we're talking about respiratory depression over and over again is because it is in my personal opinion, the best thing to look for as far as am I, is my pain control being effective, you know, for my patient? Uh Um, It's also one of the easiest things to look for um, kind of a deal. So if I am giving a narcotic, uh, the effect that I should see when I'm giving morphine, Dilaudid, or fentanyl is once I give that dose of that medication, as far as the respiratory effect, I should see a decrease in the respiratory rate. So it should slow down. I should see an increase in the tidal volume. So they should take in, you know, kind of the bigger, deeper breath. uh, Finally, overall, though, it's going to decrease my minute ventilation. And therefore, if I'm lucky enough to have entitled CO2, like an Emma or whatever it is I have, I'm going to start to see my entitled CO2 start to go rise up because yeah. I'm blocking the receptor in my in my brain. Those are the things that I should see, you know, type of a deal. So anytime I'm giving any of the narcotics, even Nubane, you know, I'm looking for some of those effects. The difference is with Nubane. I'm just not going to see as much of the respiratory depression mm-hmm. as I'm going to see with those other narcotics. But okay. um, I always I always think that's an important thing for people to understand uh, whenever yeah. they're given any drug is what do I expect to actually happen to know that this thing is actually working, you know, yeah. kind of a deal. Sometimes we look for the wrong thing. Sometimes, especially with pain, people focus way too much on heart rate, blood pressure. Those are, you can get fooled with those depending on the drug that you're giving. You know, yeah. ketamine is going to increase heart rate. Ketamine is going to yeah. increase blood pressure. You know, if you're given Demerol, it's a derivative of atropine. Demerol is going to increase heart rate. Therefore, it's may increase the blood pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's why respiratory is, tends to be uh, kind of the, the big focus, especially in a field environment. And when you don't have all the bells and whistles, it's like, yep. you know, am I getting what I expected to get? You know, um, so. this is another question about your assessment other yeah. than respiratory. Mm-hmm. So would you look for those signs? And, and if you didn't have them give more, even in a guy who's like, yep, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, um, 
Everybody's different, you know. Yeah. Um, I typically would, or the, or the reverse is true. You, you want to see one of the funniest things in the world is uh, is going into the recovery room after somebody's had surgery, especially, um, I'm not bagging on anybody, but especially like a new recovery room nurse, you know. Uh, someone will be totally asleep in the corner, breathing eight times a minute, and they go and wake them up and be like, excuse me, how's your pain doing on a scale of one to 10? And they shoot up and they're like, it's a 10. And then they, and they're totally back out again. And then they're like, oh, I got to give them pain meds. Like, hold on, you know, they're, breathing, they're only breathing eight times a minute. You know, the only reason that, you know, the kind of the flip is true too. You got that guy who's just really they're chewing gunpowder to get through everything. You're like, Hey dude, um, I'm just going to give you a little more pain medicine to, you know? Um, but again, it's, it's for me, it's, it's respiratory rate, you know, because how do people breathe when they're in a lot of severe pain? They pant like a dog. They breathe very shallow (laughs) and they, and they, you know, they have trouble even forming kind of sentences. It's hurting so bad. And that's where it's like, if I'm going to give my narcotic, whether it's, you know, it could be new bane, it could be more whatever it is. I'm looking for that respiratory rate to come back down, get me back down into at least the teens, you know, somewhere in that room, preferably kind of eight to 12, you know, yeah. and they're, and they're finally kind of, and they're taking that big, deep breath fantastic you know maybe i have entitled maybe i don't but i'm starting to see like now i've got a better indicator if that guy's act his pain is actually under control so so yeah you know sometimes you gotta you gotta convince them like i'm good like all right dude you know i know you're good but uh we're getting ready to ride in the back of this helicopter for the next four hours and do me a favor here do me a favor still yeah here's a lollipop you know what i mean it's like so um this really will make you feel a little better you know so yeah cool absolutely i think it's perfect way to end thank you very much brad i really appreciate it (laughs) anytime dennis it's been a pleasure man That's it for today's podcast. Be sure to go to our website, www.prolongfieldcare.org. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Subscribe and stay on the bleeding edge of combat medicine. This is Dennis for the PFC Podcast. Out.